Do you know the name Lou Burke? He's a producer. Wins Oscars and shit. He wants to meet with me. So you liked my movie? The truth is I've been looking to take more chances. Maybe you're the chance I've been looking to take. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Look It All podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today, we are discussing brand new cherry flavor. No, it's not a new Diet Coke or Pepsi product, but it is the new Netflix American super horror drama streaming limited series on Netflix. It's created by Nick Akot and oh, sorry, Nick Antosk, Antoska and Lenora Zion, based on the novel of the same name by Todd Grimison. Stars Rosa Salazar, Catherine Keener, Eric Long, Manny Jenko, and Jeff Ward. It premiered on Netflix uh, August 13th, 2021. The premise, let me just kind of set up the premise real quick so that you can kind of understand for anybody that has not seen the show, has not heard of the book and wants to kind of, you know, know a little bit about it, but not know too much as in the spoilers uh, territory. So we will have a little uh, divide in how we'll discuss this show today. So we're discussing brand new cherry flavor. I have not seen the, uh, I have not read the book. I saw a little bit of the trailers. I saw a little bit of the marketing. Looked intriguing. I like uh, uh, the backgrounds of uh, Nick Antoska. He is the primary uh, showrunner, I believe, for this alongside uh, Lenora Zion. Um, Nick. Uh, and I'm just going to call him Nick because I'm having trouble pronouncing his last name. But um, Nick is known for uh, Channel Zero. It was a horror series kind of in the same realm of like a, a, a Black Mirror um, that was featured on Hulu. And he's also known for creating uh, the Hulu show The Act as well as... Um, the supernatural horror series as well. well i don't know if it was exactly supernatural but it was definitely in the same realm as like uh you know dreamy spacey weird sci-fi realm um hannibal and hannibal was a show one of the first shows that we had ever covered so i had no idea that this guy was one of the uh, co-producers on that television show as well um so he has quite uh uh, an amalgamation of different types of horror and um, uh, you know, like studio streaming studio horror under his belt. You know, he's been working with Hulu for a while. He made his way from NBC and uh, uh, worked a little bit with sci-fi for the Chucky television series as well. Um, yeah, so he's had his hands in uh, a lot of supernatural horror television series for the last uh let's just say 10 years because i think hannibal was quite a while ago if i don't i don't have the exact date that he was they had the hannibal show start but 
I do got to say he's got a good track record. Uh, so I'm not 100% familiar with Channel Zero, but this is one of the television shows that make me want to check out the Supernatural or whatever. I think it's a, a I don't know if it's Supernatural, but it's a, definitely of the horror horror base for Channel Zero. So anyways, we have um, uh, Rosa Salazar. Uh, most people know her from uh, I guess she was in American Horror Story, um, Murder House. I didn't see that one. I saw the first two and I didn't see the other ones. She was also in Divergent series. She's also been in um, a couple of Netflix films, uh, The Kindergarten Teacher, Bird Box, and she was also in the blockbuster hit Battle Angel, uh, Battle Angel, Alita Battle Angel. I'm not sure if that was actually a hit, but I know that it was directed by... Uh, Robert Rodriguez and produced by James Cameron. So she's got some action, action hooks under her belt. I mean, having all of this under there, um, she's got a diversified portfolio of uh, work. Everyone knows Catherine Keener. She's been in so many different things. She's a, a wonderful actress all the way from uh, being in John Malkovich, 40 year old virgin. That was kind of the first time I saw her good get out more recently and um she just always plays to the t whatever she needs to be she she's uh she kind of uh she kind of plays like a, a spin of herself she's not exactly a character actress but it's like you see her meld into the character but there's also this like sprinkle of katherine keener's uh charm in there she's normally always very charismatic in what she's doing um on top of that, we have uh, Eric Lang. Most most people don't know Eric Lang. He's, uh, I believe, he's considered a uh, character actor as well. Um, he has been in tons of different things. Most people would probably recognize him more recently from. Let me see what he's best well known for. If there's anything I can say straight off the top, the uh, he played Lyle Mitchell who was uh, the husband of one of the main characters in Escape from Danamora, which was one of uh, the most interesting limited series I had seen directed by Ben Stiller. And that was the first time I think I had saw Eric Lang really uh, get lost in the character. And I got to say, this guy is one of the guys, he, he's like a chameleon when he, he, um, when he gets into the role. It's like hard to even tell um exactly oh it's like oh shit that's eric lang he, he changes everything about his personality even to the look to, um it, it, it's uh it's impressive what he can do um anything that yeah he was in uh, entourage he was in the shield he's in tons of uh television as well monk oh i used to used to watch some monk all the time um once upon a time Nightcrawler. Uh, he was in Narcos. I think a lot of people saw him in Narcos. I don't remember seeing him that. Um, it's been a while since I've seen that. Um, but yeah, he's, he's Perry, Perry Mason. He's been in uh, tons of things. I, I could go all day about having Eric Lang in here. So um, uh, can, continuing on, the premise of this show so everyone's like all right so we got some some background of who who and what's going on in here but 
what's the what's the reason to even cover brand new cherry flavor what's what's the big hook well brand new cherry flavor is i've said it already it's a supernatural horror based off of a novel but what makes it tick is that it's got strong performances from everyone that i've just mentioned as well as having this revenge story there's this revenge plot that is going on um behind the scenes or kind of that's really driving the narrative of what's going on it's all the horror stuff that is all behind the scenes now with saying that this is considerably an art house horror limited series if anybody has heard of uh, the production studios a24 they know how kind of uh, off kiltered and off uh, off the edge it can kind of be in a way and sometimes things can feel a little bit almost dreamlike or dream state and feel just like heightened realities and stuff like that this kind of goes along that realm it's also got a, a splash and a tinge of um, dark comedy in it as well so we are playing with a lot of different uh uh, you know a lot of different factors in this specific um, show so we have uh, the horror I'm talking all different types of horror I'm talking anywhere from like ghost and supernatural horror all the way to body horror all the way from uh, you know like trauma and that type of stuff it's all different types of horror on top of uh, on top of that and uh, it can get bloody it can get uh, unsettling it has uh uh you know tweaks of cronenberg it has uh some people were talking about um twin peaks like david lynchian i believe how this this limited limited series feels like it kind of goes into that weird spacey realm in a way and i can totally see what they what people are getting from that or how people are um uh grasping on to those uh those creators and those styles and this brand new cherry flavor in a way feels like it's taking some of the best parts of all those different types of horror and elements and bringing it all together and hooking it onto the back of this revenge plot now we're like revenge plot like what's going on so um this is where we're going to start talking about the premise i i don't consider the premise normally um uh, spoilers but some people like to just kind of get a little bit of a, a little bit of a taste of what they're getting into before they go into the premise so i can kind of understand so before you jump into the premise of the show um the first 40 minutes feel like a flat-out drama and the first 40 minutes are the first episode essentially and each episode's around 30 to 50 minutes i think um some of them are longer than others depending on how they're cut so anyways um yeah brand new cherry flavor the first 40 minutes i'm kind of the first 40 minutes is the premise of the show so it's kind of a spoiler for this first episode but i mean it takes a minute to get into it and let me tell you it's a slow burn i'm talking about it being a supernatural horror show but really none of that is shown until the very end of the first episode shit does not get crazy and wonky and sideways and trippy all the way until um at least the end of the first episode the first episode is essentially a drama that is setting up um what is happening in this series 
Um, so let's talk about that real quick before um, kind of continuing on. So here's the premise. Lisa Nova, played by Rosa uh, Salazar, comes to L.A.'s dead set on directing her movie. But when she trusts the wrong person and gets stabbed in the back, everything goes sideways on a dream project. Turns, and, uh, sorry, in the dream project, um, turns into a nightmare. This particular nightmare has everything you can imagine. Like I said, horror from all the way from the bottom all the way to the top. I don't really know how much better to say it without um, giving out spoilers and stuff like that. So you just just know that at, at once. Um, so yeah, Lisa is going to have to figure out some secrets of her own in order to uh, get out uh, of you know this craziness alive. So I kind of uh, gave a little bit of a synopsis right there. I didn't want to get too crazy in it, but basically Rosa Salazar is stabbed in the back, not literally, but basically stabbed in the back um, by uh, a big big Hollywood producer that says that he can help her get to the top, but he basically is trying to take her work. And so this is a revenge story about her trying to... Um, you know, get get her work back, get her movie back. But there is some serious uh, stuff happening behind the scenes, behind her life, behind her work, and everything in between that uh, unfolds throughout this story. And so I would say that I would recommend this with all the caveats that I've said earlier that you know, as long as you're prepared for all those different types of horror, like if you're not into horror, don't even think about this. But if you're into like horror, that's a little bit more self-reflective, sometimes talks about, you know, big metaphors. Oh, that that ghost is a big metaphor for so and so. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of understand that. It reminds me a little bit of um, Haunting of Hill House a little bit. You know how so many um, horror films and horror, horror TV shows and um movies always have like this big scary thing that you are generally scared of for the majority of the time that you're watching it and then you find out the very end oh that's just oh johnny b back there trying to warn you not to stay in the fields too long you know or something you know don't stay in the rickety house you know um it's the ghosts that are trying to warn you kind of thing it's not like that's really a spoiler but it's kind of more or less a trope um at some points um but anyways, uh, let me see. All right. So you've essentially got the first episode. I've, I've essentially given you the premise, which is the first episode. But what I haven't mentioned is the, the relative twist into this. Now, um, the twist is the Catherine Lane character, Catherine, uh, Catherine Keener character. And let me tell you the majority of the time, uh, I'm loving this character and just how, um, kind of free she is throughout this season um and you can kind of tell that i think that she's having a lot of fun so um let's continue on i'm gonna have to find this real quick okay so um overall yes i would say uh I'd recommend brand new cherry flavor with the caveats of understanding that this is all the different types of horror 
that you've seen over the past 40, 50 years, all the way from, uh, you know, Cronenberg to Lynch to, I don't, uh, to, uh, uh, what's his name? George Romero, you know, there's George Romero type stuff. Um, uh, let me see. Yeah. So Lynchian, it, it, it covers all different types of horror. So without going to too much more uh, spoilers, if you know your, if you understand and know your horror and you know cinema and that type of thing, um, I think you're going to get a lot more appreciation of this film or sorry, of this uh, show, mostly because this has to do with trying to uh, elevate in Hollywood from being you know, quote unquote, a nobody or having uh, a very small film to being a somebody and the different ways that that takes and, uh, you know, the, the sacrifices you might have to make or you might not make. And so how that how that affects, uh, you know, Rosa Salazar's character. And so there is this big level of um, being in the industry that I think is going to be way more appreciated in brand new cherry flavor than a lot of horror flicks as well. Um, my biggest issue, I, like I said, would probably be how brand new cherry flavor ends. I do feel like this is a very abrupt ending since I have not seen, uh, sorry, since I have not read brand new cherry flavor, um, the book, I, my guess is it probably goes into a little bit more elaboration about what's going on at the end. Um, but uh, Movies and Munchies, the YouTube guy that I actually saw that he is talk he was talking about the pacing as well. Um, he did mention that the pacing feels a little slow at some points and then really fast at other points and then slows down at some points and really fast. I can kind of see what he means by that strictly. Um, by how it's cut. I think it's the different episode links that are feeling that, you know, wow, we've been here for 40 minutes or wow, we've only been here for 30 minutes or wow, we've been watching this for an hour. At some points you feel that other points you don't. So it's uh, not a perfect show by any means, but with saying that I enjoyed the ride, I enjoyed the ride. I think that it could have used a little bit more of a revision at the very end, but that's uh, it, I didn't think that it affected it to the, affected it to the point where I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but yeah, so I think that the the end has a little bit more to carry out, but because it's a limited series, I just wanted a little bit more of a conclusive ending. And so, um, yeah, uh, I'll go a little bit more into detail in the spoiler section. Thank you for listening, watching Look It Out Podcast, brand new cherry flavor. Check out the Patreon, check out the website, check out all the social links. Let me know what you thought about brand new cherry flavor. Um, did you like brand new cherry flavor? Did you like the review? Did I go into enough detail about it? Let me know how I can improve. All right, so we are hopping into the spoiler section. All right, so let's hop into the spoiler section for brand new cherry flavor. Now that we've uh, <laughs> we've uh, eliminated about ninety percent of our viewership, let's hop into brand new cherry flavor.
Um, sorry, I'm waiting for the freaking thing to pull up. Slow ass internet. Let's see. Low ass, slow ass internet. Okay. So the total thing is only, uh, it's obviously mature only, five hours, 42 minutes. It didn't feel like that, but uh, I will say, just make it six hours and make it make it make sense for me. So we're just going to talk about a couple of the episodes, just kind of like nitpick the different things about them. It might be a little bit easier to talk about the overall arching. Um, what do you call it? The um, the different characters in, in the show. I'm going to call it a movie and a show at the same time because it's essentially just a six hour movie that has been chopped up. Um, so the first episode I exist is... Uh, it really sets up the thing. I mean, we kind of talked about the entire setup of the, of the, uh, of the show, basically movie is taken away from her. And in the first episode, we kind of see how Eric Lang's character as the, uh, as the director is, he's weird and kind, kind of eccentric in a way he plays Lou Burke. Um, and Lou Burke is kind of hard to pin down until you find out that this guy's, uh not loyal to his family his wife he really doesn't give a shit about most either one of them um and he's kind of a dog eat dog mentality and he's in a way bullying um uh, lisa lisa nova the majority of this um the majority of this uh time so um with saying that Lou, in the first episode, by the way, we are in a spoiler section, um, Lou goes for Lisa uh, in a sexual manner, I guess. You know, he puts his hand on um, on her leg and he's trying to, um, you know, make a move. And obviously he's using his uh, superiority in his job title to try to pressure her into you know having a sexual encounter with him which is completely unprovoked it was not even necessary in any reason and she's not interested in that at like at any point and she's not giving signals or anything like that 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 he should be doing this he's just he's completely in the wrong and so from that action you find out throughout the next few episodes well, actually, by the end of that episode, essentially that, um, you know, he's going to uh, what is it called? Blacklist, blacklist them or something, blacklist her or something like that. I don't know if that's the right terminology. He's basically going to can her in a way that says she's not going to direct her own movie. And because of the way that they sign the agreement, they can apparently do that. So, um we find out that she is like, fuck this. I'm going to go fucking get a, a witch to go do some crazy jujitsu um, witching spell binding on your ass. And so um, Catherine Lang's character comes in and throughout this entire first episode, they are trying to find 
or this like motorcyclist is like following her Lisa this entire time. It's like got this weird, strange cinematography with this um, uh, motorcyclist always kind of in the background of of uh, of the screen and stuff like that. And he's always popping out of nowhere, even throughout the entire season. It's this guy that is basically running the errands for Catherine Lang's character. We find out a little bit later that he's just kind of like this dead guy, I believe. But, you know, since we're in spoiler territory, we know everything that is going on with Catherine Lang's character. So, um, uh, you know, Catherine Lang is playing this character named Boro. And we really don't get an understanding of Boro until the last couple episodes of what her intentions really are. Um, and so kind of continuing on from episode one to two to three to four, you know, the first few episodes are really getting us entrenched in, you know, what Boro needs, what Boro wants. And because um, Lisa is kind of uh, got this monkey paw situation, you know, she makes a wish, but there's going to be some crazy repercussions back. And so from these repercussions, this crazy shit happening like uh, Lisa vomiting up in a more like an entire cat cub or whatever, whatever kitten, an entire kitten. And Boro is is forcing her to do this. And Boro needs these cats to stay alive and shit like that. I guess they just need the blood of the cats. Um, and there's this big underlying like feline theme throughout this entire like fucked up television show. It's just like these very strange visuals. And I got to say one thing I do like from watching this show is how much they're talking about her making a movie and how much she wants to make a movie and how cool the effects are and how amazing the short is that they make. Um, and it feels like they're talking about brand new cherry flavor the entire time. It feels like the main character is somewhat of a Mary Sue for um, like the writer and not in a bad way. It's just like, you know, uh, it's like uh, hypothetically, um, you know, what if I made a movie about trying to make a movie? It's like, oh, that's the most genius thing. And then the movie ends up being amazing. And it's like you're talking about it from like a fourth uh, fourth wall breaking standpoint. And so I feel like a lot of the times they're talking about how amazing the short is or how amazing the special effects is and, and how all that type of stuff's going on. It feels like it's reflecting back on what's actually happening in the show. You know, when someone in brand new cherry flavor is saying, you know, oh shit, you know what? I always die in a movie. Did you know that? It feels like, oh, well, he's going to talk about, he's talking about himself in the show and this is what's going to happen. And oh my God. Oh God. They really fucked that guy up. I'll, I'll go a little more detail. So there is this world of people that we learn um, in Brand New Cherry Flavor. We got, you know, Lisa, we got her friends, we got the, the producers, we got the star actors and stuff like that. Um, and obviously we have basically the devil Boro and uh, just kind of following along that um, that premise. Everyone has these very interesting stories that were. I don't know about super interesting stories, maybe very interesting, might be a little bit overzealous, but, um, you know, everyone has these relatively compelling stories um, that we're trying to learn. And I'd say that even though the producer, Lou Berg, is one of the worst characters I've seen on screen recently, 
um you know him going and choking fucking lisa in the first episode it's like we instantly get an idea of how terrible this guy is and so um having Luberg set up as this much of a terrible guy you know he's choking her assaulting her trying to sexually harass her he's taking her move he's doing everything to really just be the worst person he could ever be and somehow there is this like level of empathy we get uh by the end of uh or sympathy that we receive or i got a little bit from him even though he's a very terrible individual i mean obviously the entire time we're we're sympathetic to the main character but at certain points she does feel like questioning like you know was that necessary you know um that kind of thing um but uh there are you know factors that happen you know there's uh, just like torturous things that happen to Luberg's character and his family that almost feel um indirectly like it's it it would affect him like you know the things that happen to his son and whatnot it's just really suck it's like did his son really deserve that which kind of brings me back to how the show ends did everyone deserve what happened to them in this show and in my opinion the two biggest three biggest factors uh that were happening in this show were the lisa nova character the boro character and the eric lang character and i felt the luberg character um and they all end up living but everyone else in this essentially that comes in contact with them is either highly highly affected or you know dead um and I don't really know much more to say about that. I don't really know if that's like a conclusion of these just like terrible factors. Are they collateral damage? Was it deserved? Is it does you know, was that the through line that people that come in contact with these people are just destined to be collateral damage? That kind of kind of thing. I was a little bit taken back, I guess, just on the ending of the entire thing. From the way it's set up, it feels like she's trying, Lisa Nova is trying to get a revenge story, you know, by making a deal with the devil and just terrible things are starting to, you know, happen to her. And by the end, it feels like we're trying to unravel who she is to the point where we didn't get enough background about her life that would really drive her to go that extra step there was an extra step that happened before the movie actually happens um the extra step happened when she was creating the short film with the previous uh actor who was obvious who was her lover as well is it uh Christine, is that right? Is Christine the uh, actress? I think it's Christine. I I, I don't have the uh, actress's name. Hold on. Uh, I think her name was. Oh no, sorry, Mary. Mary was the actress's name, played by uh, Cena Weber. I haven't really seen her in anything before. Yeah, I don't think so. 
um, Cena Weber. So she did work on Grand Theft Auto Five. I'm not sure if that's motion capture or voice, but anyways. Um, so yeah, they're talking about how great the character is in the short of um, what Lisa Nova shot. You know, the, the Lisa Nova story, the movie, original movie, and there's this level that Lisa has to obtain of almost craziness that we find out later was propelled by drugs, peyote, and them just getting too fucked up, apparently, I guess, on um, on drugs and whatnot, and then them taking that last scene that she shot way too fucking seriously. And I'm not sure if there's a big enough payoff there to make us feel like we understood where they went. There's like this connect of, you know, the director pushed the actor so far that she fucking takes her fucking eyeball and she starts munching on her fucking eyeball. Mary goes way too far with the scene, <laughs> way too method to the fact where she rips off her literal eyeball and everyone thinks it's a, a you know, some sort of a, a special effect. And so with all of that happening, we're just like, okay, so she, they both got fucked up and one of them went too far. And the fucked up thing is that Lisa decided to still use the film and still used the footage and didn't really seem to take much into consideration of how Mary felt. It felt like there was like this disconnect of why did Lisa do that? And I, I don't really understand what that had to do with how her mother came in at the very end. I'm kind of in the dark with, I guess, understanding how her mother was related to this like entity that was like popping up in this really cool effect. I'm not going to lie. The cool horror effect there was like, you know, this is this crazy, like, um, like, uh, it looks like something from channel zero you know, this crazy looking monster thing that is trying to like infiltrate Lisa, Lisa's psyche of some sort, you know, Lisa is seeing it throughout the seven, the eight episodes. And at the very end, I think we find out that, you know, that was her mother trying to warn her about Boro and not, not to trust her. And I was just, I, I I'm, like I said, I might need to go back and rewatch this. Might have been things I missed. I might have uh, fallen asleep for five minutes and not seen the scene. But I went on YouTube. I've gone to a couple different sites. I've gone to check. And a lot of people are saying this last episode is just unsatisfying. Mostly because it's a limited series and we don't know we're going to get any more. Um, you know, technically everything's a limited series till we get a second season. But um, this didn't really wrap up the zombies it didn't wrap up the tattoos it didn't wrap up the boro it didn't wrap up the why she needed lisa nova's body out of anybody else i didn't i didn't really understand the need for that so at the very end well i'm just gonna go ahead and jump into the very end real quick i mean you know i'm kind of skipping over lou going crazy lose his son fucking going full zombie mode and um having to fucking you know doing a little bit of cocaine and storting like a fucking tapeworm in his fucking eyes like you know it, that was a, that was intense like all of the fucking uh all that craziness all of the stuff the crazy sex that uh that what's his face ward 
um, Jeff Ward's character, Roy Hardway or whatever his name was, Roy and um, what's her face, uh, Lisa have kind of hot, kind of disturbing, kind of hot, kind of disturbing. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I think that they might have created a new like uh, genre of like like sex horror genre or category or something i don't know it's fucked up i don't I, I didn't have much to say about it uh past that i was just like kind of in shock i was like what the fuck she got like this fucking like vagina growing out of her fucking like side of her uh stomach and shit like that i was like this is weird this is um like sexual horror i guess is what it probably would be called all different types of horror in this um you know choose your pick so anyways, um, so anyways, Boro ends up taking Mary's body instead of Lisa. And she's saying like, I would take your body, but you know, it would be more of a, a buying and not a rent or something like that. And so I guess I don't really understand why Boro was so hellbound on hellbound on having Mary sorry, on having Lisa as her, um, as the body she was going to jump in as opposed to Mary, which probably would have been just as easy. And I, I don't really know if there's like comeuppance in it. And, you know, there's not like a resolution in this that makes it feel a hundred percent good. It's like usually revenge. A lot of times they say revenge isn't that sweet or something. What is the I don't know. The revenge doesn't always equal out to it being uh, a level playing field. Let's just say that. Um, and so, you know, she gets her revenge, but the revenge costs so much. The revenge costs Eric Lang's, sorry, Luberg's family. It, ha it costs fucking the, the, the Jonathan is now brain dead eating fucking dog food on the floor like he didn't deserve that and had his hand like scraped off like the body horror of that it's like jesus <laughs> you know there's all different types of horror in this um so coming down from you know the jonathan character uh, luberg's son he gets pretty fucked up basically dead um all of lisa's friends basically get fucked up what is it uh her previous boyfriend um done the uh blonde chick she gets done in by the hitmen that both of the hitmen get done in by somebody uh, lisa eats one of the hitmen after she's like beat to hell while being watched by jonathan in the back like jonathan do something fucking what's her face was getting beat to hell by one of the hitmen and one thing i do have a, a minor quibble with is um you know, if you're going to show violence against a woman and she's going to get revenge, I want to see that revenge. I'm sorry. I'm just one of those guys that is like, I just had to witness her getting her head beat in for five minutes or not five minutes, but, you know, two minutes. And it's like, you're not going to give me the gratification of what she just did and freaking just ate that dude. All we get is like a closed door of like him with the machetes like, Lisa, I'm here to kill you or something like that. And, you know, you fucked up. And like Lisa's like, you know, cracking her neck, like, I got this. <laughs> and we don't get the um 
I, I don't know. We get the, the, the after effects, I guess, or we get the, the aftermath of what happened to this guy. And so, yeah, the hitmen both get fucked up. Um, uh, I mean, her ex kills two, the hitman, Jonathan, um, and then Boro takes the body of um, Mary. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else that is involved in the story uh jeff ward's character oh my gosh like dude gets decapitated at the end by all of the monsters all the zombies and eaten alive straight up george maris i believe um, makes me want to go see some one of these older zombie movies to see um what they did because i feel like these were kind of like old school zombies they weren't like your normal so um yeah on top of all the fucking body horror the 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 characters and the collateral damage that happened in this show are just so much more than i was expecting um trying to think so like i said you know making making deals with boro the devil probably won't want to do that oh boro's family oh my god all of them are brain dead now or they don't remember having a family or something like that like what the hell's going on there um uh, it, it's kind of played for laughs in a bit, but it's like super darkly comedic. Um, like Boro poisoning, like Catherine Lang's character was not Kath, was not Boro the entire time. Technically, she says that Boro's been jumping into different bodies, and and she requires this type of you know blood magic to jump into other bodies. And so, um, you know, there is this like long explanation of how all of these different things work in almost every couple episodes they need to do this some sort of spell and they need the most bizarre amount of things we need the hair of the frog of the dog and then we need the the pubes of a, an executive producer that's only made movies in 1997 and then <laughs> you know uh, uh we need a, a roman candle and a bottle of champagne just in case you know it, pour it all into one you know grab an ear throw it in there blend it up get a tadpole throw it in there throw a shoe in there you know it was like the most bizarre thing of uh, random amalgamation of spells and stuff like that and oddly specific so like i said it is uh there's a lot of good and a lot of like what the fuck in this as well so um you know kind of for strictly the visuals and you know the camera work alone i think it deserves I, I i don't normally give a a rating of numbers for shows but if i if it was a rating for the show i'd say it'd be about an eight out of ten if it could have perfected that landing i think it would be a solid eight out of ten but I, i'm just going to give it to it anyway for uh at least trying you know i think that uh, having some sort of, you know, if it feels enough of an original property, even though that we're taking bits and pieces from all of these other creators as well. Um, so yeah, let me know what you thought about brand new cherry flavor. Um, I need to see if there's anything else we need to talk about this show as well. I love the chemistry bef uh, between Roy uh, and Lisa. Uh, it was oddly hot. And um, you know, there's one scene, there's a couple times there's like red herrings or uh, tropes that you're like, oh, this guy's dead, this guy's dead, this guy's dead. You know, there's uh, 
Roy pulls up after getting his Golden Globe and he's talking about how he wants to be alive. And we know the uh, the hitman is right above, like pointing down at where Lisa was originally when she escaped in the little trap door in her room that led to the Jaguar sofa where her mom with the no faces and she's like, here's the key to the world, you know, and then all of a sudden the hitman's like i cut your ass and he shoots lisa and lisa's like oh my back and then lisa's taken into the car and then i was like oh my gosh roy is so dead the entire time and i feel like they know that the uh the the watcher is thinking that he's like oh fuck roy's dead roy's dead roy's dead and roy's uh blocks a bullet with the golden globe <laughs> i thought that was kind of funny as well you know he's like Geesh! you know it's like his acting ability saved him away so um it almost and then eventually he gets you know at the end but uh you know he kind of played himself on that one yeah um, you know it's like what what's going on wow <laughs> oh my goodness but uh yeah that was uh quite a watch um anything else like I said, the um, the whole turning into a couch, Boro having this relation and calling Lisa to L.A. and stuff like that felt like I either needed a second watch or they might need to dumb it down for me because I might be too dumb. But <laughs> that's where it elevates the level of horror, keeps you on your toes. Editing is superior. You already know what it is. Brand new cherry flavor. Let me know how to improve. Let me know what I can do to get your thumbs up. Subscribe. Follow. Ace Rock. The Body Rock Don't Stop. Thank you for following and uh, supporting on uh, Twitch, YouTube, and all the other subscribers that we have. Um, thank you for listening, watching Lucked Out Podcast. Take it easy. To do is make a movie.